What made the green bean turn red? He saw the salad dressing. <laughs> I'm back, and so is my voice. Welcome to Starting Sustainability, episode 94. I'm your host, Kaylin Chenoweth, and if you are just now tuning in, I have been sick for the last few weeks, so I've had a very rough, scraggly voice, so I feel like my voice is finally back, at least 98%. It's just a little tiny bit scraggly still, but that's okay. And I don't think that's because of the remnants of COVID. I think that's because the weather is changing at this point. It is starting to be 90-something in the day, but it, all last week it was like in the 50s at night. And it's going to get cold all next week too. The weather just cannot make up its mind and it is totally wreaking havoc on my sinus system. But other than that, life has been pretty good. Things are still bonkers at work. They are calming down just a little teeny tiny bit. Sustainability-wise, what have I been doing? Well, last weekend, I went to a baby shower, and my gift to the new mom-to-be was cloth diapers. And yes, I did know in advance that the new mom wanted to do cloth diapers. So I was able to source these from Facebook Marketplace, meaning they are pre-loved, which is wonderful. And of course, I wrapped all of them up by stuffing them inside of a yellow pillowcase which is left over from when my dog Ruger decided to eat the guest bed a long time ago and destroyed the sheets. And I kept the pillowcases because I knew I could use them to wrap something big. I tied the pillowcase bag shut with a big blue ribbon that I already had on hand. And instead of a card, I gifted a baby book and wrote a lovely little note inside. And the new mom-to-be was thrilled. And all of the other guests were absolutely fascinated by the cloth diapers. Because if you don't know, cloth diapers are not what they used to be. They are absolutely simple. They're little pockets that you have the absorptive material in and you just button it shut. So there's no pins and needles. <laughs> there's no cover outerwear, any of that stuff. So all of the old fashioned cloth diapers are gone. It's all new and trendy and simple and absolutely adorable. One of the other guests did come up and she asked me separately. She asked, how much do you actually save by using the cloth diapers? Because I got her an entire week's worth of cloth diapers, which is 66 diapers. Okay, really 70 would be a week's worth if your baby goes through 10 a day, which if you're changing them every two hours, they would. As a newborn, they do pee a lot. But as they get older, it very quickly drops down to about seven to eight a day, which isn't as bad. So either way, she's got a week's worth of diapers and she wanted to know how much I spent. So I explained that for disposable diapers, you would spend on average about a hundred dollars a month and your kid is in the disposable diapers for two years. If they get potty trained right at two years, that would be about $2,400. We're just doing simple math here. And I spent $200 on a one week supply of pre-loved cloth diapers that will get used over and over and over. So that is a really good chunk of change to be saving. Not to mention, I also use cloth diapers, not just for the mom-to-be, but I use them and I have two kids. So that is an even bigger savings. Yay, sustainability. <laughs> Sticking with the potty theme, the other thing that we did this past weekend is we replaced two of our toilets because the house that we live in is approximately 16, 17 years old at this point and does not have a water softener. And here in Indiana, we have insanely hard water. 
which means all the mineral deposits build up all over everything, like the shower heads and the sink faucets. You'll have the little hard water, water droplets. Like when the water droplets dry up, you will see a hard water ring just from a one water droplet. Now imagine using water for 17 years, all the hard minerals build up and it creates a tough white residue. It's not even powdery. It's like rock hard. You have to chisel it off. Either way, that stuff has built up all over the seals in our toilets. So our toilets Two of our three toilets were leaking and we kept trying to fix them ourselves. We're trying to be sustainable, trying to save money, fixing it ourselves, replacing parts, replacing parts. And eventually we had our plumber friend come over and look at it. He's like, it's all of the seals. I'm like, how much is it to just replace the seals? He's like, it's definitely significantly cheaper to just get a new toilet. (laughs) It's a lot of work and a lot of money and a lot of hours to replace just the seals. So we agreed to go ahead and replace the toilets, which I am excited about. That's how you know I'm an adult because I'm excited about new toilets of all things. But we got the ones where it's the button on top and you can push half the button for a number one PP and you can push the whole button, like there's a top and a bottom part of the button, so you can push the whole circle to get a big flush for a bigger load that needs to go down. This hopefully will help with the water reduction, especially since I have been potty training my one and a half year old who loves to flush the toilet, and now that it's a button, He can't just walk in there and flush it over and over and over. I have to help him push the button because it does take a little bit more oomph than what his little tiny arms can provide. So (laughs) that's also why I'm excited about new toilets. And while we are catching up with Kaylin, I want to give you an update on my garden. It is the tail end of August and it is drying up. I'm still trying to water as often as possible, but I do understand It's just that time of year where some of your plants just say goodbye, no matter how hard you try. So the green beans are completely gone. The tomatoes are still holding up really, really well. And my loofah plant, loofahs like the heat and it is doing awesome. And I have four loofahs now. I'm really, really excited. And I had to look up information about when I could pick them if I wanted to eat them or how to process them, if I want to turn them into shower loofahs. And so here's what I learned. I just want to give you the quick summary. If you want to eat them because they are a squash, so you can eat them, you have to eat them young when they are three to four inches. I, however, don't even notice them when they're that size. All of a sudden I'll see like a good six to eight inch loofah. I'm like, oh, okay. It's too late at that point. You have to eat them when they're very, very young and small. That's when they're tender and edible. Once they get bigger, then the fibrous material that makes up the excellent little scrubber part of the loofah, that's when that forms. Really by the time that I even notice I have a loofah, all that fibrous material has formed. (laughs) So it's not really edible. I wish that I knew what kind of variety I have. I didn't really pay attention, I'm sorry. But when I look at all of the pictures of loofahs and when to harvest them and all that stuff online, they're grabbing like eight to 10 inch loofahs. And they're like, oh yeah, it's time to harvest this. If you want to turn it into a loofah bath scrubber, well, by harvesting, I mean you just leave it alone on the vine and basically let it dry up. It's a green vegetable and it will slowly turn yellow and then brown and then dry up. If you live in the northern climate, like I do, and you're going to have a hard frost coming along around October, by then you clip it and you bring it inside and you let it dry out inside. And it will take a couple of weeks for it to dry out. But I'm cracking up laughing 
because all the pictures are like eight to 10 inches and mine are literally one and a half to two feet long. That's why I'm like, I don't know what variety I got, but it's absolutely humongous. <laughs> it's as long as my 16 month old is tall, if that makes sense. So yeah, they are gigantic, but I am very excited because this plant has been surviving. And at this point, if my husband does manage to kill it, which I will still be angry at him, but if he does kill it, it's okay because I got the loofahs to grow and now we would just let them dry out from this point going forward. So <laughs> I think I am almost in the clear to officially say that I accomplished this task that's been on my bucket list all year long. <laughs> that's the update on loofahs. And I had mentioned my green beans earlier, which I didn't really have a whole lot of good luck with, but Tyler Mayoris is the king of beans. And he is here today to explain his company, which is Cool Beans. He has created a plant-based frozen bean wrap that is slowly taking over the supermarkets and it's vegan and it's sustainable and it's delicious. So here's my interview with Tyler Mayoris where we can hear all about his bean-filled journey. Whole food, plant-based nutrition is key to improving the health of your body and the environment. Today, I have Tyler Mayoris here to explain what he has been doing to help make it easier to eat tasty plant-based whole foods. Say hello, Tyler. Hi, how are you? Very nice to meet you and so happy to be on. So thank you, thank you for having me, Kayla. All right. Thank you. <laughs> well, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself so we can know you a little better. Yeah, so I was a... Um private equity investor for about 20 years, spent the last 12 of those years focused on food and agriculture, focused on all aspects of both producing food and getting food to the people. And from that, I started to veer more and more towards sustainable food and agriculture as I was doing a lot of research on the industry, seeing some of the things that were broken from our over-reliance on meat and dairy to the massive amount of food waste that we have it all lead to both climate change as well as pollution and environmental issues. And so I went 100% vegan about four and a half years ago as a result of that research and the, seeing the large impact of, uh, on climate from animal agriculture, somewhere between 16 and 19%. So I went vegan, but when I went down that road and became vegan, uh, I wanted to try to eat whole food plant-based or whole food ingredients as much as possible not highly processed foods. And unfortunately, as I walked through the frozen aisle, most of the vegan food that I found was highly processed, kind of meat and dairy, I mean, kind of meat, fake meat, fake cheese, things like that. And um, I was really looking for alternatives that were more whole food ingredients and couldn't find them. So that's where the idea of Cool Beans came from. And I partnered with three or four people that I know very well in the industry. And we seed funded the company and hired food scientists and developed products that met what we were looking for and uh, and we were off and running. So that's kind of who we are. I love the name Cool Beans. That's the name of your Thank company. You. How did you choose that over all the other millions of bean references that you could have made? Yeah, so we knew very early on that we wanted to highlight beans as the hero because beans are incredibly good for humans, um, for your gut bacteria, the high in fiber and they they don't digest in the stomach they go down into your colon and your intestines so it gets good five high fiber foods down into your colon to feed the good bacteria that your gut and they're also incredibly good for the environment and soil they put nitrogen back into the soil so they actually sequester nitrogen out of the air kind of like trees and put it into the soil 
so they're good from a climate change perspective. And then they're also good from just actually pr putting that nitrogen into the soil, which all the other plants need to grow. And so you don't have to use as much nitrogen fertilizer, which is a very carbon intensive process to make. So that's what we, we knew beans were the, the key. And we were looking a lot, a lot of different things around names, but we found, you know, we, that was a very big reference back in the 60s and 70s. And it's kind of come back and had a resurgence and it fits very well with the idea that we're trying to make beans cool again. And so it just all kind of came together and said, yeah, this, this is the perfect name. So you're trying to make beans cool again, and you're talking about how it's great for the gut bacteria, which I full heartedly believe I know that is true. But I wonder if you encounter any resistance because beans have a reputation of causing some flatulence. Do you have, <laughs> <laughs> how do you uh, discuss that and convince people to try beans again? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's really kind of any high fiber food is going to do that. And it's just the way that it's being digested. But as you kind of transition to a plant-based diet, you know, you kind of go through that for a period of uh, a week or so. Um, but after that, your, your body gets more used to it and you can kind of, uh, your body can digest things better and whatnot. So it's, it's, it has a reputation. Um, I, I think, um, we're really focused on all the huge benefits. And so if that's a negative, it's, it's a small negative compared to all the benefits of the, of the food. Let's explain what cool beans is. So it's sure. it's a frozen plant-based food item. I'll let you explain it in more elaborate detail than that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we chose frozen because we wanted to make a product with no preservatives, just whole food ingredients. And um, so as a result, we needed to either be fresh with a very short shelf life, or we need to be frozen with a long shelf life. And so that's what we chose frozen. But basically we... Um, our first product line is whole food plant-based wraps. So they're whole food ingredients, basically beans, veggies, and whole grains and spices. There's no fake meat, no fake cheese in any of our products. We use a gluten-free wrap that we helped, that we basically co-developed with our co-packer. And when you cut them open, there's no mush inside. So unlike other burritos and wraps, when you cut ours open, you actually see the beans, veggies, and whole grains spill out. So it's it's a unique process that we use cold rolling them and then using a cryogenic flash, flash freezing that locks in both the flavor as well as the nutrition. And so that's what we are. And so no fake meat, no fake cheese, very minimally processed. In fact, you finish cooking the product in the microwave when you, or, or toaster oven or, or oven when you cook it. I don't know if you realize this, but I'm actually a registered dietitian and I do podcasting on the side. So everything oh. you just said is music to my ears, <laughs> like That's real great. food, not fake and sustainability wise, you're freezing it. So it lasts longer. So you're reducing food waste. It's not just rotting on the shelves at the grocery store. So I'm very, very excited with all of the stuff that you've been doing and getting a gluten-free wrap. Gluten-free products are so finicky. So <laughs> congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, we, we couldn't find a wrap on the market ourselves. So we had to develop one with our co-packer because we, we wanted something that was, you know, held its shape, didn't split, didn't um, break up and, and still kind of had a crispness, especially if you use an air fryer or a, a toaster oven at the end. Um, you can get that Christmas on the outside. 
When I was scouring the Cool Beans website, doing research on your company and trying to come up with a list of questions to interview you with, I found this sentence on your website. It says, quote, Tyler is a longtime investor in food and agriculture who discovered the scary underbelly of the food industry firsthand, end of quote. So what happened? <laughs> Explain the story behind that. Well, you know, as a food and agriculture investor, you do a lot of touring. And so I've been through chicken plants. I've been to slaughterhouses. I've been to farms with millions of cows. And it's just, it's uh, horrifying to see, to smell, to experience. Uh, And then you just, it's hard not to walk away with that with empathy for the animals. It's just, it's crazy how badly we treat the animals in this whole process. And most of us have, have disassociated ourselves with that process. You know, we can have pets like dogs and cats, but then we completely disassociate ourselves with what we're doing to cows and chickens and pigs. So that became harder and harder to do. And then in 2016, I also attended a conference where they were talking about the climate impact of animal agriculture, which I didn't know at the time. And they were saying that animal agriculture contributed about 15% of greenhouse gases. And I frankly didn't believe it because that's more than all the cars and trucks on the road. And so I went back to Chicago and I started building it myself using USDA data and EPA data, including all the different inputs, et cetera. And I actually came up to between 16 and 19% of all greenhouse gases come from animal agriculture. And that's a staggering number. And I just said, look, there's no way we can solve this climate crisis if we just focus on energy. We have to deal with this because this is the number two producer of greenhouse gases behind power plants is animal agriculture. And people don't realize that, but we can't solve this problem without fixing that and and getting at least dramatically reducing. Everybody doesn't have to go vegan, but you have to dramatically reduce the amount of meat and dairy that you're eating. I agree significantly. It, it's, and that's what I tell people. I'm like, vegan is great because of the health benefits and because of sustainability reasons. However, if you're not used to being a vegan, if you have a very heavy meat and cheese kind of diet, it's really, really hard to just make that switch. But if you can at least reduce the amount of meat that you're eating, that is still significantly helpful. So you really hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. And actually, if people want to learn more about it, there's a great, um, new documentary that just came out called Meet Me Halfway. Meet, like as in meat, the, uh, the food, but um, Meet Me Halfway. And it's just about the fact that you don't have to become 100% vegan, but you do need to dramatically reduce the amount of meat and dairy that you're eating. Where can that documentary be found? You know, I know you can get it on their website. I'm not sure if it's available on, I bought it on Apple iTunes, but I'm, I'm not sure if it's on Netflix or whatnot, but just go to their website. If you do a search for Meet Me Halfway and, and, and you can find it there. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. So now we have a little homework assignment, but it's kind of the fun, it's the fun kind. <laughs> That's right. Can you explain more reasons why beans are such a sustainable food source? Yeah, so I, I don't think a lot of people know about, uh, people are learning about the gut, but maybe don't know too well exactly why gut health is so important. But what's interesting about us as humans is we are more bacteria than we are actual human. We have billions and billions of bacteria in our gut, on our skin, just our whole body. And the bacteria in our gut 
and there's more bacteria in our gut than there are stars in the sky. It's just, it's billions, but you want to foster the good bacteria. And it, and you have very, if you eat a meat and dairy diet, you have a very different bacteria makeup than if you eat a plant-based diet. And what the gut controls is all of your immunity. So when you want to fight cancer cells, or you want to fight the common cold, or you want to prevent autoimmune diseases, that's all controlled in your gut. Number two, it controls your mental health. So 90% of the serotonin is created in the gut lining. So the lining of, the, of your stomach and your, and your intestines, et cetera. And then three, it controls what we crave to eat. When people say, oh my God, I love cheese and I've got to eat cheese. Well, that's one, it's the gut bacteria that you have that's making you crave it. And two, there's casomorphines in cheese and dairy in general that is a drug that makes you addicted to that product. And that's why people are addicted to dairy products. Really, it's, it's critical for you to get a, to get a lot of plants because only plants have fiber and fiber is what feeds the gut bacteria. And the reason is, again, we talked about that digestion thing. So cruciferous vegetables and legumes don't get digested by the acids in your stomach. They go down into your colon and your lower intestines. And that's where the good bacteria live. And so they, that fiber feeds those gut bacteria. So, and you, should, and you should try to get a diversity of plants as well. That's something that's, there's a great book called Fiber Fueled by Dr. Will Bolsowitz. Came out last year and it talks all about the importance of fiber. We're way too focused on protein in this country and we all get about 60% more protein than we need, but we're under-focused on fiber and fiber, 95% of Americans are deficient in fiber. And that's really what controls your gut, your health, gut health. So you want to get a diversity of plants up to 30 a week if you can, and, you know, eat a lot, eat predominantly plant. I agree with that. 10,000%. Very, very well said. You said a couple of vocabulary words that I just want to take the time to clarify just in case the listeners might not understand. Can, can you go back and re-explain serotonin and cruciferous vegetables? I think those, the rest, I think you explained (laughs) while you're talking. Yeah. So serotonin is a, is a, I guess it's a protein or a, I'm not even sure exactly what exactly it is, but it's a chemical that it's a chemical. Yeah. That our body creates that actually goes into our brain to give us that feeling of calm and happiness, etc. And if you have a serotonin imbalance, you're not getting enough serotonin, then you, that's where you get people that are depressed. You get people that have anxiety and all these things that kind of have sprung up pretty dramatically over the last 15 years or so, which I think correlates pretty well with how, how reliant we've become on meat and dairy. If you looked at charts and you can just Google them, you can see the dramatic increase of meat that we eat per capita in this country. It's gone up. It was, you know, I think it was something like 50 pounds per year in 1950. And it's, it's close to 200 now, I think the numbers, I can't remember exactly, but you can just Google it and you can see one of these long-term charts. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And that is fueling a lot of the increase in cancer. It's fueling the increase in mental health issues and autoimmune diseases and all, all these different things, because our gut bacteria, that the balance of our gut bacteria is completely off. I would say that eating so much meat is, you said it correctly with the depression as well. And I think that's where people, when they have 
emotions and anxiety and stress, they eat as well. They get that emotional eating involved because they're trying to get that serotonin, but it's not, it's not happening if you're eating the wrong foods. So when you eat really healthy and well, you feel really good. And it's related with that serotonin. Yeah. And I'll say that the one point again, that I said before was fiber only comes from plants. No meat and dairy products have any fiber. And so if fiber is the fuel for the good bacteria that you want in your gut, you just can't get it from meat and dairy. And then cruciferous vegetables, real quickly, that's just things like broccoli, cauliflower, the, the, the crunchy vegetables, if you will. Brussels sprouts too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> More vegetables that cause gas. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But taste delicious, especially when charred, et cetera. You're saying that it's so important to eat fiber and fiber only comes from plants. So of all of the plant-based foods out there, which there are lots and lots of them, what made you settle on the bean in particular, as well as wraps? Because you could have gone with so many other forms of food. What made you go with the beans and the wraps combination? Yeah, good questions. So when we, when we first got started, uh, we were really all about finding a convenient way to bring whole food plant-based to people that wanted to eat clean plant-based food. This was pre-COVID, obviously, when we were developing our products and whatnot. And I, I, would, I started to cook a lot more. I'd never cooked before going vegan, but then I cooked because you know I'd make stuff for myself and the family would eat it if they wanted it. But I'd always end up having a lot of extra. And so I would freeze it. Uh, and then that led to the idea of freezing into wraps because I could take it to work and it was very convenient and easy and on the go. And that's really where, where the idea came for, from for us to do this in wraps was why not create something that's whole food plant-based in a wrap that people could easily take to work and just pop into the microwave at, at work. So that's, that's the impetus there with regard to what's inside, you know, you really, if you want to get enough protein and you want to get enough fiber and iron and all these different um, key nutrients, beans have to be an important part of a plant-based diet. And so that's why we focused on beans. It's really, it's a combination. You want beans, you want veggies and you want whole grains. And that's really what, where we focused. That's the part I'm most excited about, that it's on the go <laughs> Yes, <laughs> because I'm always on the move. So <laughs> I'm very excited about that part. But, but also to have set, just to just, just to crown that out, we ultimately want to be a family of whole food plant-based products. So we, we probably will look at bowls in the future, certainly in the frozen aisle and then breakfast. Um, and, and we might at some point venture out of the frozen aisle into pouches and other things that ways that we can deliver whole food plant-based products. Oh, I'm very excited about that. That's really cool. <laughs> Get more variety out there. <laughs> yes. What flavors do you have available for your wraps? Yeah. So our current, our first three flavors, um, we've kind of got a, a spicy flavor, which is spicy chipotle. And that, is, that has a real kick to it. And then we've got a mild flavor, which is tikka masala. Um, and that's kind of Indian flavoring, as you probably know. And then lastly, Moroccan gold, which is kind of like a, a Moroccan stew, um, but it's very savory, no kick to it at all. It's, it's, but almost kind of a sweet and savory flavor because it has sweet potatoes in it and kidney beans and, and millet. So those are our first three flavors. And we're introducing the, later this summer, two new flavors, sesame ginger, 
which mm. is kind of a traditional Asian flavor. And we think will probably be one of our top two selling SKUs in the future because it's uh, been very well received. And then Tuscan basil, which is an Italian flavoring. So kind of tomato basil. Oh, those all sound really delicious. I'm so glad yeah. that I already ate my breakfast. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> otherwise, I'm, otherwise you'd be hearing my belly rumble throughout this interview. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I have a bit of a challenging question for you. Sure. Is the wrapper on your wraps sustainable? At this point, it's not. It's um, it's just a kind of a plastic film. Uh, we would like to at some point get to something that was compostable or uh, the, the one thing we have to deal with now, it's very little packaging compared to like a, and which is one of the other reasons we chose handhelds to start. You know, if you have a bowl, typically there's a package and a bowl inside. And unless you pay up for a compostable bowl, that's going to be a bowl that is, you know, going to be hopefully recyclable, probably landfill. Um, whereas with ours, we've just got the, the thin little wrapper. We would love to eventually go to something that was compostable or at least recyclable. The, the, the thing with food that you have to be careful is, so you can use a paper wrapper, but you're still going to have to have a film in the inside to preserve the food. And unfortunately, that makes it not recyclable. So we'll have to play around. I think somebody has come up with a compostable handheld wrapper. It's probably pretty expensive right now, but we're going to start. We'll be exploring that. Um, what you have to keep in mind is, again, with an 18-month shelf life, you have to make sure that the food doesn't start to interact with the wrapper and actually make it dissolve because you, you don't want food to be exposed and then, then it becomes not saleable. So there's a lot of different considerations, but ultimately we would like to do that. We want to, we want to move toward becoming a carbon free company and then a B Corp. And we also would love to be able to provide compostable, sustainable packaging as well. Yeah, I think that's, that is, and I also work in food service. That is a very, very tricky part is getting wrapping <laughs> packaging. Yes. There's a lot of regulations about what kind of package you can use. And you're right. <laughs> if it's a compostable package, then it's going to start breaking down before you want it to. And that's also a lot of science that needs to get figured out as well. With time, I know a lot of companies are working on it. And so you're right. In the future, there are a lot of things coming down the pipeline that will be Yes. Very sustainable packaging headed our way, but you got to do what you can with what you've got. And so you're still yeah. making a lot of good strides. You have as minimal packaging as possible. You're still making a huge difference in the earth. So I'm still, I want to give you a hats off for that. <laughs> Thank you very much. And let me give you a stat on that too, because we've done, we did an analysis on our spicy chipotle wrap versus a steak and cheese, the leading steak and cheese burrito on the market. And our um, the, that burrito had uh, emits 2,400 um, grams of greenhouse gases, whereas ours is 242. So basically 92% less greenhouse gases to create our burrito than the, the leading steak and cheese burrito. Wow. Congratulations. It's, it's a dramatic sustainability message already. And then if we can do something with the packaging in the future, that will take us even farther. That's really, really impressive. You have come quite a Thank long, you. long ways. So where can I go to buy some cool bean wraps? 
Yeah, so we sell in retailers across the country. We, do, we It's not really an online. One of the things that it's not very sustainable is selling frozen through the mail is not yet. Nobody's really solved it. It creates a lot of packaging waste and you know it requires freezing all along the way. So it's, it's not a great method. So we sell through grocery stores and our leading retailer, our biggest are, is Sprouts, which is in states across the South and the far West and up into the mid-Atlantic states. Then we're in Wegmans in the Northeast. Um, and then we're in a lot of independent chains. So people like Market of Choice, um, PCC, Lenardi's, uh, Deerberg's down in St. Louis. But you can find us on our website, eatcoolbeans.com. There's a store locator. And we're in a lot of independent stores around the country. So there's probably a location near you. If there isn't one, we, you can buy us through veganessentials.com, which, which delivers around the country. Um, but uh, we don't sell on our own website. Oh, veganessentials.com. Okay, because I did go to your website, eatcoolbeans.com, and I used your little map <laughs> locator, yeah. and there are three stores in the state of Indiana, and the closest one is over an hour away. So I was really oh, bummed shoot. about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so, unfortunate. But if I ever travel that direction, that's definitely yeah. like on our little road trip map. <laughs> we'll make sure that we stop in and get some, which is awesome. Yeah, and, and one of the nice things is if you do order from like a vegan essentials you can put together they, they have lots of different foods so you can put together a pretty big basket of food so it's much more efficient than just buying you know five or six wraps which is going to create a lot of packaging to, to have that sent to you but you can buy several and they have a lot of the products that we can't get in the midwest that are plant-based that are available on the west coast or the east coast they have on vegan essentials so it's a nice place to to grab products um, and have them delivered to you. Well, I'm glad that you're able to make that connection with Vegan Essentials. So I will be sure to check that out. I didn't even know that that website existed. So I will probably be buying a whole bunch of items <laughs> from nice. them. Great. If listeners have additional questions that maybe I didn't think to ask, where can they go? Yeah. So you can always interact with us on our website. We have a, you know, through a contact feature and you can uh, send us an email with questions about nutrition or the products or what were ideas of the future, et cetera. And then you can also find us on Instagram at lovecoolbeans.com, L-U-V. And you can find us on Twitter at eCoolBeans and, and LinkedIn and Facebook, et cetera, just cool beans. So yeah, that's those, those are the places where we interact with folks. Thank you so much for sharing that. Hopefully everybody goes and follows your Instagram and checks you guys, checks you guys out, <laughs> checks out your company. <laughs> My tongue is getting all tied up again. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming onto the show and spilling the beans about Thank all of you. your cool beans company program, everything that you've got going on. It's been wonderful. Before you go, would you like to play a game with me? Sure. Thanks for having me on too, Kaylin. I really appreciate it. Oh yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad that you're able to come on. I named this game, Do You Have Beans for Brains? So it's a trivia game. Okay, and the good. whole topic is all about beans. So let's test your bean knowledge. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> In the English fairy tale, Jack and the Beanstalk, what did Jack trade for the five magic beans? Ooh, that's a really good question. 
a cow, horse, or goat? I think it was a cow. It was a cow. Good job. Yeah. Wow. And what what an interesting, uh, I, I wonder if the author of that was plant-based. Because <laughs> if you think about it, that's it's such a metaphor for going plant-based. That's great. You are correct. And it totally paid off because you got a lot of money. Yeah. Right? Now sure. I'm trying to remember the Absolutely. fairy tale. Yeah, he got some money from the from the big giant. Question number two. In okay. 1996, the words beanie babies became common in everyday language. What does the term beanie baby refer to? Uh, those little um, stuffed animals that are stuffed with some kind of a, I don't know if they're dried beans or what they're stuffed with, but they kind of have a um, some kind of little, it's like a beanbag chair, but it's a little small little stuffed animal. That is correct. <laughs> and they were supposed to be worth millions one day. So everybody was collecting the daylights out of them. And yeah, I have no sure. idea if they're worth money or not right now. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think either. anybody's really collecting them anymore. I, that's how eBay started too, by the way. I don't know if you knew that, but. No, I, I did guess, not. Um, yeah, Pierre's wife was big into trading Beanie Babies. And so she created a site for it. And that's how they started eBay. Wow. Well, that's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> crazy isn't it two for two question number three what is the name of the game where you eat a jelly bean and it could either be delicious but most of the time it's pretty gross ah i don't know the exact name but i know it's related to harry potter right yeah they do have like a harry potter edition yeah my kids made me do that and it was gross (laughs) Um, but i don't remember the name of it that's that's great though it's called bean boozled Bean boozled, nice. Yeah, we we did that one year for Christmas. So I'm I'm the youngest of eight kids, and everybody's married. Everybody has their own kids. So there's like forty some people that get together for Christmas. So we do a gift exchange, and instead of everybody buying everybody gifts because we're all going to go broke otherwise. So we just do a gift exchange. You only have to buy for one person. But one year, in order to get your gift, you had to play Bean Boozled. You had to pick a jelly bean and guess what the flavor was. <laughs> and out of the forty of us, I think. I think three actually got a nice flavor. Everybody else got a disgusting flavor. I was like, this game is totally rigged. (laughs) Yeah, not a good game. Yeah. Okay, so this is the last question. Let's see how you do. Fill in the blank. In the movie Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter says, quote, I ate his liver with some blank beans and a nice shanty. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. Ooh, you did excellent. You did so good. Thank you. Thanks. That was a good quiz. I love that. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And thank you again for coming onto the podcast. It's been really fun and very, very educational. You're very well spoken. You explained everything in great detail. It's been a fascinating conversation. So thank you so much again. Thanks, Kaylin. That was really fun to be here. What a wonderful interview. Thank you again, Tyler, for coming on and talking with us about your entrepreneurial journey with Cool Beans. I look forward to the day when Cool Beans can be found in all of the grocery stores in the freezer section and when they expand their product line and have even more delicious plant-based options. You know what that music means. It's time for the weekly challenge. Let me draw a car here. It says... If you do have to drive, consider starting a carpool with your neighbors. Well, that 
that's really sweet. Because before it said, instead of driving, ride your bike all over creation. I was like, that's great. But I have two little children and it's hard to get them to ride a bike with me. <laughs> or put them in the bike. <laughs> and then we go and run an errand. And if we buy anything, now what do I do? I have no hands. I'm not set up for that. But I do like the idea of carpooling, which we do as much as possible. We like to hang out with some of our neighbors and our friends. And if we want to go to the park or go to the zoo, if we do a journey together, then we can all cram into the same vehicle and drive the long distance. We've even done double date nights like that. We'll split not only a car ride, but we'll also split a babysitter. <laughs> it's cheaper that way too. <laughs> so both couples go in on one babysitter to watch all of the kids. And then we carpool up to Indianapolis and go to the comedy club or bowling or whatever it is that we're doing that evening. That is definitely a weekly challenge you can incorporate. Might not be every single day, but the more you incorporate it, the better off the whole plan is. You know what's crazy? While I'm sitting here recording the end of this episode, it has dawned on me this is episode 94, which means in six episodes, it'll be episode 100. Woo! That is so cool! <laughs> I can't believe I made it to 100 episodes. I remember being thrilled about episode 50, and now I've doubled it all the way to 100. And yes, I want to do another trivia game for episode 100. I think that would be so much fun. If you have been listening to the episodes, it doesn't even have to be all 100 episodes. If it's at least episode 50 through 100, so the most recent 50 episodes, which I get is a lot, then reach out to me and let me know because I would love to have you as one of our contestants for our next round of trivia. That would be so great. How do you reach out to me? Well, there's a couple different ways. You can email me, which is kaylin, K-A-Y-L-I-N, at startingsustainability.com. I will post up a little thing on the Facebook group asking if anybody wants to play along with the trivia for the 100th episode, and you can respond to that. You can send me a direct message off of the Facebook group. That is also one way to do it. And you can even do it on Instagram, which is starting underscore sustainability. So lots of different options. Oh, I don't think I said it, but the Facebook group name, Starting Sustainability. So we try to make it as easy as possible for you to find us. Next week on the show, I'm going to attempt to tackle the hard topic of water. Why is it safe sometimes? And why is it not safe sometimes? Where does it come from? What exactly is groundwater? How does it get contaminated? How do we treat water? Are we actually drinking our own wastewater when we clean it? And why is it so important to save water? And what are some different tips and tricks on how we can save water and be as sustainable as possible? Tune in next week to get all of the answers to those hard-hitting questions. Until then, stay sustainable, and I will talk to you all next week. Bye!